Hey everybody, welcome to Far Out Dudes. It's another week and we got another Far Out conversation for you. And you may well know me, I'm Paul. I'm your co-host Joseph. And today we are going to continue our Clinton body count with part three today. But before we move on with part three, we want to give you a friendly reminder to go watch part one and part two. So this kind of just flows in nicely for you. First part is over... Kevin Ives and Don Henry and their suspicious deaths. And the second part is over Vince Foster and his uh, self-inflicted gunshot wound. Yes. That had no exit area to his head. (laughs) That was just very, very strange. Yes. So on our first, uh, our first account is over Mary Katrine Mahone. Uh, Mahoney. 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 She, uh actually had was very i should say heavily involved with bill clinton yeah and his escapades yes and, uh, she, she was actually one of his um interns during his first presidential um his first presidency well which, we're go- well let's get into it newsweek magazine had dropped hints that a former white house staffer was about to go public with her story of sexual harassment at the white house a few days later, on July 6, 1997, Mary Katrin Mahoney and two other employees at Starbucks Coffee Shop died of gunshot wounds. The restaurant's doors were locked when the victims were found, and nothing appeared to have been stolen, although nearly $4,000 was in the store at the time. Mary Mahoney was shot as many as five times. The Washington Post characterized the crime as an execution-style murder. She had been heavily involved in presidential politics, working on Bill Clinton's campaign in 1992, and served as a White House intern during the first Clinton administration. So that was pretty interesting there. <laughs> uh, so hold on. I just want to I, I want to address our viewers and those listening. Our laughter, just to address this, is the absurdity of the things we hear in this video. I mean... It's absolutely ridiculous what ends up happening, like, to say that this individual was not, I mean, I could clearly see that she was not targeted in this. this Not at all. I mean, it only makes sense that, well, first off, she goes from Bill Clinton being involved with that and and turning about for his presidency and everything, but then goes to be a night manager at Starbucks. That's actually, that's the ladder you want to climb. That's the women breaking the ceiling in the Clinton yes. administration <laughs> that you want to go from actually being in politics to going down to being a Starbucks barista manager. Uh, retail. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, barista. Yes. That's correct. Correct. That's, that is the uh, <laughs> euphemism that we use nowadays is baristas. And not so. only that, but, okay, it makes sense. Maybe they were closing for the night. That's why the doors were locked. But if someone's going to go in there to rob somebody, would they want to just a quick exit out or they're going to run to the back and try to find an exit that way? So what you want to do, and I've seen this many times before, Mm -hmm. okay, you want to wait till they lock the front door to make your in and out escape even harder. Yes. Because that's the way you want things to go. Mm -hmm. You want it, you want to make your, your robbery as difficult as possible. So that way it feels like almost like a movie. You yeah. Know? To where you're you feel like you're robbing them. Yeah. But not taking the four thousand dollars cash or anything from the actual people. Yeah. 
being like, wow, that adrenaline rush was really good. So I'm just going to not run out the front door. I'm just going to run out the back door yep. without taking anything. He just got, he or she, he or she just got like super I mean, rushed. What's literally, what, what is, what is the fun in robbing something if you're not, if you take the money <laughs> um, and you don't have a, an exit plan? I guess There's no fun it, in that. I guess it wouldn't be called a robbery, technically. <laughs> it would just be murder. I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, this is a little bit of a, a targeted plan. What do you think? Well, given that she was shot at least like five times, I don't know of a robbery where the person just shoots and then shoots, 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 shoots again. The only person that got shot five times, by the way, not to mention execution style. Which typically means in the back of the head. Mm -hmm. On her knees, most likely in the back of the head. So that's very sus. Well, uh, for a robber who's not going to take any money or anything off of them either. Yeah. The door's locked. No money taken. Shot five times. Execution style. Everyone else is dead in there too. Well, what makes me truly believe that this was not a targeted event. Mm Mm-hmm is that she was shot five times Mm -hmm. and she was going to testify against Bill Clinton. So those all lead up to a normal robbery at Starbucks. Yes. Yes. Icing on the cake, nothing was taken. And didn't, uh, in an article from the Washington Post, didn't it also say, let me actually read a quote from it. It says, to have a triple homicide anywhere in the District of Columbia is an unusual event, said Evans, who represents the... Georgetown area on the council to have a triple homicide in Georgetown is extraordinary. Georgetown has never had, has never been a place where a crime has been a problem. Well, let me ask you this now. They said that, but this was the nineties. Yeah. That drugs were rampant everywhere. Murders, killing robberies were everywhere, everywhere across the country. Well, I think like if you're to go back and look at all the, Dare commercials Mm -hmm. and all the presidential uh, ads and everything. Things were just absolutely terrible. I don't know how either of us survived growing up in the 90s, honestly. Well, I think I have to uh, make sure you understand this is that they've never seen a triple homicide. That's because most of the time people just give themselves self-inflicted wounds there. There's not homicides. No, they typically die of ulcers. Yes. Yes. And then they self-inflict those guns because it's like... They, I can't stand this ulcer anymore. Typically in Washington, there's just a lot of those, what would you call, um, to abbreviate it, SSs? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. SCs? SCs? I don't know. Yeah. What, are you, what would you Whatever say about that? Is. Anyway, self-inflicted wounds. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So the next person we want to talk about is Johnny, an old poor mechanic in the Washington area. <laughs> Who did nothing wrong. Literally nothing. <laughs> November 1997, a transmission shop owner opened the trunk of a tornado-ravaged car and found a trunk load of documents. Among them, a 1982 cashier's check for $27,000 payable to Bill Clinton. The source of the funds for the check was the McDougal Savings and Loan. The shop owner, Johnny Lawhon, was reluctant to talk about his discovery. He said, quote, Clinton is the most powerful man in the world, unquote. Lawhon later died in an automobile accident. James McDougall had stated, quote, immediately concurrent with the check being found, 
I started getting a lot of heat. I am a prisoner of the executive branch, unquote. He was serving a three-year sentence in the Federal Medical Center in Fort Worth, Texas, and was cooperating with the independent counsel into the investigation of the president. He was scheduled to testify before the grand jury. Against doctor's orders, McDougal was given an injection of Lasix, a diuretic. He was then put in solitary confinement where he died of cardiac arrest. Mr. Johnny. Yes. And but McDougal, what do you think what do you think? <laughs> well, do you think about that. The poor guy didn't do anything. He I mean, he found a trunk load, which by the way, how much is a trunk load yeah. of documents? Is it filling the trunk? Is it a and nice I, little layer? And I mean, I, what's a trunk load? Well, and I like the report said a trunk load, mm-hmm. but the main like let's make sure everyone is aware of this particular thing is the cashier's check. Yes. Right? So what other documents that they found that they're not reporting about? Yeah. And that has to do with Whitewater. Yeah. That was in uh, Their whole Arkansas. Team. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That included Mr. Uh, Mr. McDougal. Mm-hmm. Which was why he was in uh, prison. Basically, prison, in the, prison. The, in the first place. So Lasix, if y'all don't know, is a diuretic that the video obviously showed, but it's it's something that kind of makes the fluid in your body kind of so you, you end up taking a piss a lot. You you uh, urinate quite a bit from mm-hmm. it. And so obviously that's something that if, if you don't need it, it can cause quite a bit of health concerns for you. Uh, it seems like it. Uh, yes. Like a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a definitely, oh, but it, it's kind of strange because I think about that in like, it kind of happens quite often where nurses and other people give uh, the wrong medication to people. But yeah, but how does it typically lead to a heart attack or death? It's it, it's happened before, but I would say in the prison, m- most doctors would know the contraindications for different medications in people's hearts. Well, that's the thing that I said too. <laughs> Against doctor's orders. So yeah. they knew what they were giving him. There was no like, oh, I don't know what this is that I'm putting into your system. No, no, that's that's ex- that's wrong. Okay. Oh. Okay. Explain. That is Elaborate. All. No, that's all, that's all that's I have it. to say. Okay. Yeah, they just you're wrong. Well, I dug into <laughs> the, to get into the whitewater thing real quick, too, mm-hmm. a little more. Uh, let me look at my notes. The The check was to clear uh, Bill Clinton. His debts, like uh, it was, uh, what, $27,000 mm-hmm. from their whitewater escapades. So this was debt that Bill Clinton had from that white, whole whitewater thing. Yeah. So what they did was they illegally made this cashier's check out to him. Bill Clinton didn't even sign off on it. It didn't have his, uh, what is it called? His endorsement on there either. So yeah. this check was just made <laughs> to Bill Clinton to just clear the debt out of it. So uh, <clears throat> this is one of the. This is actually from the article, uh, uh, from the AP, back in 1999. So it says uh, Kenneth Starr's investigation alleged for the first time Thursday that the fraudulent loan to Susan McDougal in the 1980s was used to re to retire a twenty-seven thousand dollar debt in President Clinton's name that was taken out from their Whitewater land venture. Mm. So these individuals, so this this poor mechanic found all of this information on the whitewater. Yeah. And in just a random Toyota. car that he was fixing. Yeah. That's what that's what I said the last episode. I was like, whoever is handling these things, like high profile things, are doing a terrible job. 
They left all those documents in a car that got taken to get fixed. And his little quote was, Clint is the most powerful man in the world. Yeah. Like, I don't want I don't want anything to do with that. And then what's his name? McDougal? McDougal. He died of a heart attack in his cell in prison, waiting awaiting trial because he was going to cooperate against the Clintons. Does that sound like anybody? Is that ringing a bell? That anybody more recent? It kind of almost sounds like an Epstein news <laughs> that we've heard before. <laughs> Someone who has had a bunch of dirt on the Clintons and somebody that decided it's not worth it. I'm going to now self-inflict this neck wound. Maybe <laughs> someone who learned how to smuggle went to someone who knew how to smuggle things from other countries into islands and different locations. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, a little weird, you know, a few, few connections, maybe I, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it could be just coincidence. It's just, I think, I think it's just a huge coincidence right now. Of course. I'm very level headed here. So if, of course, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's only like a hundred or Plus deaths related to this no whole deal. Clinton situation that we one of those one of those one hundreds is now Ron Brown, uh, and Ron Brown was actually one of the higher ups, just like uh, Vince Foster. Mm-hmm. He was he had some some connections and whatnot, but yeah. uh, he was definitely into the political realm in the commerce department of the U.S. government. Let's we'll just, uh, let's take a look. Let the video explain to you. Ron Brown was the target of a major probe headed by independent counsel Daniel Pearson. There were allegations that Brown had received a bribe from a Vietnamese businessman. He was also being investigated for numerous scandals by the FBI, the FDIC, a Congressional Oversight Committee, the Energy Department, the Senate Judiciary Committee, and even his own Commerce Department Inspector General. Brown's business partner, Nolanda Hill, would later testify in March 1998 that White House officials wanted him to cover up a scheme involving the sale of U.S. trade mission slots to executives in exchange for contributions for the upcoming Clinton-Gore presidential campaign and the Democratic Party. She said, Ron expressed to me his displeasure that the purpose of the commerce trade missions had been and were being perverted at the direction of the White House. On April 3, 1996, an Air Force Boeing 737 carrying Commerce Secretary Ron Brown and 34 others on a trade mission to the Balkans crashed into a hillside near Croatia's Dubrovnik Airport. Air Force procedure called for a two-step investigation. However, for the first time in memory, the Air Force canceled the first step which called for a safety investigation of a crash on friendly soil. An autopsy on Brown's body would typically have been part of this investigation. They instead went directly to the second and final step, consisting mostly of legal proceedings that would mirror the sentiments of the Pentagon and White House officials, who implied the crash was nothing more than an accident. The Croatian Wire Service reported that the flight data recorder and cockpit voice recorder had been recovered. Later, the Pentagon disputed this, saying that no voice recorder was on board. But Hillary Clinton flew on the very same aircraft two weeks prior, making it unlikely that a voice recorder would not have been on board. 
the Air Force concluded that Brown's plane was 10 degrees or almost two miles off course. Maintenance chief Nico Jersik was in charge of the ground beacons and was scheduled to be grilled by the U.S. Air Force accident investigation team. However, he was found shot to death three days following the crash. His death was ruled a suicide. Over three hours after the crash, the first search party arrived on the scene and miraculously found a survivor. Air Force Tech Sergeant Shelley Kelly was found alive and would have helped officials with their investigation into the crash. But she died of a broken neck on the way to a nearby hospital. Lieutenant Steve Cogswell, a forensic pathologist who investigated the crash, contends there is evidence that Ron Brown might have been murdered. He said, quote, essentially, Brown had a 45 hundredths inch inwardly beveling circular hole in the top of his head, which is essentially the description of a 45 caliber gunshot wound. This man needs an autopsy. This whole thing stinks, unquote. Several personnel were present while Colonel Gormley was conducting his external examination. The photographer present was Chief Petty Officer Kathleen Janoski, a 22-year veteran. I opened up my big mouth in the morgue and said, wow, look at the hole in Ron Brown's head. It looks like a bullet hole. I said that, and my life has never been the same since. All of the X-ray films of Brown's head have disappeared. There were allegedly many photos taken of Brown that were stored in a safe but these photos, along with the negatives, have also disappeared. All that remains of the head x-rays are photographic slide images taken by Janowski. Dr. Cyril Weck has nearly 40 years of experience, has conducted some 13,000 autopsies, and is considered one of the nation's most prominent forensic pathologists. He is also prominent in Democratic Party politics. He says there was more than enough evidence to suggest a possible homicide in the death of Ron Brown, and an autopsy should have been conducted on his body. As he stated, quote, it's not even arguable in the field of medical legal investigations whether an autopsy should have been conducted on Ron Brown, unquote. And Lieutenant Colonel Cogswell stated, quote, you can't ignore who this person is. To stack up the coincidences, one of 35 people has got a hole in their head. The hole is dead center in the top of their head and it just happens to be the most important person on the plane from a political point of view. That's a whole lot of reason to investigate it, unquote. <laughs> so there is a lot to go over in this yeah. particular video. <laughs> I mean... So, well... This, uh, this is almost like a reaction video for you guys because this is just ridiculous. The, the absurdity of our government and the investigations that they do for these particular high-profile individuals. They make it so obvious. It's like, uh, well, who's going to ask? Like, don't ask questions. Yeah. But the guy, so the guy was being investigated for taking bribes from a Vietnamese, Vietnamese businessman. Like, yes. I guess this was their way to be like, okay, well, let's take the heat off of us and throw something at him. Yeah. But he was getting <laughs> investigated by the FBI, the FDIC, the Congressional Oversight Committee, the Energy Department, the Senate Judiciary Committee, and his own Inspector General. So, and and one of the other reasons, so the, their, their main thing that he was being investigated was for the bribe thing, right? Oh, yes. he died in a car crash because of the bribe. But there no, was... No, plane crash. A plane crash. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Sorry. 
But there was also the fact that Nalanda Hill was saying that it, it, the whole thing is just it, it's it's a terrible thing that happened. It's perverted. Yes. It's been perverted. It's been perverted. Them. Why? Mm-hmm. Why, if it was a bribe thing, just between him him and uh, the Vietnamese thing was perverted? Well, the perversion comes because. When he was working for in the uh, Clinton administration, mm-hmm. Clinton and Gore during their campaign were actually trying to sell trade commission slots for campaign funds. Uh-huh. And so that was the other investigations that were going on. But the news was only just showing kind of the, oh, the uh, the bribery that was happening with yeah, Mr. The, well, what he was doing. Yes. Like the bad stuff that he was doing. Not everything that was going on behind the curtains that they were puppeteering around. Yes. So I get like the military it themselves are kind of just like, you know, we want to we want to put on our skating shoes and our skating boots and just kind of skate through the military life a little bit. Yeah. I mean, but these individuals in a whole a high profile case mm-hmm. decide they're just going to skip the whole investigation and go straight to writing the report. Yeah. So I mean, it, no, was, it was a two step. Yes. And would and they skipped the first step, which is the most important doing like a safety and thoroughly looking through the uh, yeah. uh, safe, you know, the black box and everything. Exactly. So there's a safety investigation that they just completely negated. Yeah. How did a plane just crash in Croatia? And the thing is, it's on friendly soil. Like yes. there was no uh, red tape or anything. It was friendly soil. They could have just went, did the investigation, especially with what thirty-seven other people on board yeah. on a federal airplane. Hey, this guy's being investigated. We don't need no stinking autopsies, guys. Like, we, we don't do, need we to do it. Going on? There's no need for an investigation. The plane <laughs> just went down, and you know what? Croatia, the it's you, okay. You law inf- officials over there, <laughs> there was no, there was no voice box or anything in there. No. What are you talking about? We don't care what, we don't care what you're saying. We don't yeah. care that your team was there within two hours. You were wrong. You were imagining <laughs> that. Isn't that what the news typically does to us? Like what you saw and what you heard was wrong. No, it, it was it was this. It wasn't that. Yeah, which is typically like the first thing that comes out. Typically is like the truth. Yeah, is hey, what comes out when a when a plane crashes? What's the first thing that people look for? The black supposed box. That's no, out they there, look right? for survivors. Oh, okay, that's true. They do look <laughs> technically, <for> technically, <laughs> and they did then, find one. And then they went to. Uh, they, they did find. They one. went. They go looking for the black box. But mm-hmm. yes, they did find survivors, right? Yeah, yeah, they found part of the video. Shelly Kelly, and she was alive, and she was going to help. Obviously, like once she recovered everything, help with the investigation, know exactly what was going on since she was in the plane. But unfortunately, she died yeah. from a broken neck yeah. on her way to the hospital. Yeah. I don't know what it, wh- how she survived so long. So a- after they found her, I mean, she uh-huh. survived a plane crash with a broken neck, uh-huh. but somehow on the way, she Died. dies. Right. Yeah. And then because you get you get a survivor from a plane crash and you kind of just set them up and like, here we go. Get in this jittery Jeep that we're driving. And I can envision this right here that the Croatian police, after they find the survivor, they go, Mm -hmm. oh, here, here's the box, the voice box here. And the U.S. officials are like, oh, yes, thank you. We'll we'll take good care of this. We'll make sure this gets to the right hands and release. Don't worry about this, guys. (laughs) We'll we'll definitely make sure this gets uh, put away in a very safe a uh, place for you guys. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Not yeah. to mention that same plane just two weeks earlier, the president's wife was on it. 
Hillary Clinton Hillary was on Clinton. that exact same plane Just two weeks two earlier. two weeks prior, yes. And you're telling you're going to tell me that there was nothing on there. I think that what, data was just so important. Well, I think they at, took it off. I think after Hillary got off the plane, she's like, "Whoa, we said too much. We need to take this voice box out of <laughs> and here." And they guys. never replaced. And they it. never replaced it. <laughs> they just left it out. They're like, "Shit." Well, Mr. Brown's going to be going on there next, so I don't think we really yeah. need to replace those things, anyways. Exactly. Why? Why, why would you replace it? You know what are you What are you going to do? <laughs> and it, it's interesting because we're talking about the black box and the voice recorder, and that there's a guy. His name was, what was the name in the video? Nico. Nico Jersic, Jersic, I think. Maintenance chief Uh in charge of ground beacons. Uh So this guy was definitely the person who's like, okay, we need that voice box so we can do it. We need to investigate this properly, Mm -hmm. right? He investigate by the U.S. Air Force. Yes. Okay, so kind of what the little notes say. Um, And then what happens to him? Three days later, he gets shot in the back of the head. Uh Uh-huh. But you know what happens when people shoot themselves in the back of the head, right? They were, let me guess, they were self-inflicted. They were self-inflicted. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it SS. only makes sense. It was another SS. That when you do an investigation, those people are so saddened by the situation, mm-hmm. they um, do self-inflicting wounds to themselves. <laughs> he was just and so not a, and upset. Not a, they was like, I can't believe I caused this. And they want to do it in the weirdest. I can't do it. Yeah, and they want to do it in the weirdest manner, too. They don't want to do it just like in a normal way. They want to go, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? I'm going to reach behind my head. Yes. Because it's it's it, the easiest way. Exactly. It's the most convenient way it's kinda to like do the, it. It's kind of like the person who robbed that Starbucks. Uh-huh. We want to make things difficult. It's just it makes sense that way. Well, what they want to do is they want to put that kind of sense of mystery. Like, why would he do it? Like, yeah. did he do it this way? It's like, no, I just want like some. I think he uh, thought, you remembrance. know what? This will be good episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Or Far Out Dudes. Or Far Out Dudes. <laughs> hey, look at that. Uh, 30 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that gets me is when they had his body in autopsy too, the... <laughs> What was her name? Let me see. Oh, Kathleen uh, Jawanski. Yes. Her little comment of... Jan- Janowski. Janowski, yeah. Uh, wow, look at the hole in Brown's head. It looks like a bullet hole. Yeah. And then her life turns upside down yeah. next. Like, it, just a comment of it in there, you know? Yeah, so you know what that uh, kind of makes me think? It uh, it almost feels like an a movie adaptation of one of uh, Tom Clancy's spy books uh-huh you know like yeah. the guy probably gets on the plane do does his deeds to mr ron brown uh-huh probably like breaks other people's necks like mm-hmm. the the poor woman whose neck was broken she he probably broke it before like he jumped out the plane and like parachuted out of the wind like out of the plane well she was alive well that's what i'm saying <laughs> he probably broke it thought she was dead uh-huh she's now do it again Oh. And not only did so she not die, but she like survived the plane crash that happened too. Yeah, they're like, and they're like, what the freaking oh, odds she survives? <laughs> Make sure she passes away from her wounds <laughs> on the way to the hospital. So please. this guy's like, packing, don't stabilize her. This guy's like packing up his parachute, and he's getting a call from like the Clintons, going, "Hey, is it done yet? <laughs> There's still someone there." And he's like, "Alive, oh, shoot!" Like running through the field to get to the ambulance. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know what to tell you. She passed away from her neck wound that she survived during a plane crash. Wow, look at that hole. Is that, that's the thing. Yeah. And 
Wow, look at the hole in Brown's head. It looks like a bullet hole. So and that was it. So <laughs> Lieutenant D B said that Mr. Cogswell. Mm-hmm. Mr. Cogswell. Cogswell. Mm-hmm. I, I like his his uh his whole thing is like this man needs an autopsy. Uh-huh. The whole thing stinks of a cover up. Yeah. And the rest of the government goes, eh, nah, nah, plane crash. Uh, pretty short and simple, you know? Hey, a, a 45-inch, how did it put? Anyways, I, I'm pretty sure they did Which the, was like a 45 they, caliber gun. They all, yeah, they obviously did an autopsy. All of the x-rays, images, everything is missing except like the the particular photographs of like just the body. That was put in the safe, by the way. Yes. To be secure. And then, oh, it just disappeared. Bye. No big deal. Yeah. Whatever. Definitely, definitely just a plane crash. <laughs> it's just weird coincidences. Yeah. That's all it is. Just coincidences. That I'm all te- revolve around the Clintons. I'm telling you, this does not surprise me at all. These are normal things that happen. I mean, a robbery without taking money. Obvious. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it's classified as a robbery still, but yeah. <laughs> well, you, you never. Well, it's probably it. it was they good. took their lives. It, yes. There's a robbery of life. Yes. Robbery of life. Mm-hmm. Then you have Mr. O Johnny. Uh huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Poor Who guy didn't do anything wrong. He just uh, he just found the documents. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, it's a coincidence that he just passed away. You know, uh-huh. and Mr. McDougal. I mean. Who got malpractice? I can't happens, say m- malpractice happens all the time. Guys. Yeah, I was gonna say I he mean, got so. Jeffrey Epstein, but I guess we should say Jeffrey Epstein got McDougald. Oh, I like that saying. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein got McDougald. Wow, it's, you heard it here first <laughs> from these lips <laughs> from far out dudes from <laughs> Joseph. That 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 is our new. He, he is bringing up new trends every day. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make shirts that say Epstein got McDougald. <laughs> if you like that, if you like that uh, that shirt idea, let us know in the comments, guys. <laughs> let us know in the comments. So we want to thank all of you guys for listening. We want to ask you, the guys that you like, subscribe, hit the bell. Um, I'm hoping that when comment. I do this, that there's something right there that pops up. <laughs> Well, I'll try to put that. I'll put a little bell in. Yeah. I'll put a bell in and uh, right here. Uh, yeah. In post. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you said, like, share, subscribe, uh, leave a comment. If you want to hear our sultry voices, just the voices, we're on uh, everything Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify. So just go listen there and um, start giving us some money. We want to thank everyone who's listened, who's subscribed, who's viewed and who's commented down below because that helps with the algorithm and helps our show go up a little bit further into other so other people can find out all that has been going on in the past of the Clintons. And don't forget also, PSS, if you have a subject or story you want us to talk about, leave it in the comment or send us an email, faroutdudespodcast at gmail.com. This is the end.